Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. It's a party of two. Hoppin' Davis. Hey, everybody. It's a party at two. Hi. Can it's I do up. it this way? Do I look sideways for you? You're sideways. Mm, okay. Because if I do it this sideways. way, it's going to be complicated for me. Oh. It's a party at two. My goodness, <laughs> <thank> <laughs> you. That's like my part. Let <laughs> me <laughs> see if I can make this work. Sorry. I'm not that's not my bad. That's like my favorite part of your that song, bro. That's I was like, I'm... it's a party for two. I don't really have a way to do my this. My on you. <laughs> okay, bear with me. I'm gonna get a chair. This song, the people y'all need to know. That's actually a good song. Listen to it in jump. I listen to it in jump sometimes. Welcome everybody. Just want to say we're going live with Davis. I have this platform called Mental Health Check In with Talik, where we just check in all things mental health. Here we go. All right, I'm right side up. <laughs> so Davis, welcome, welcome. Yeah. So you know we're going to start off. My first question I'm going to ask you: How yeah. is your mental health? Oh, it's great. I'm riding high. I was just in Miami this morning. So I'm buzzing off from Miami vibes. That's good, man. That's good. You just travel all around the world. You're just a busy man. You're just busy. Yeah. I was just gone for almost a month. I was in Egypt, Greece, Sweden, and then Miami. Hmm. So it was a nice, a nice trip. That's good, man. I'm glad that your mental health is good. I'm glad that you're good. Um, next question I want to ask you. Um, being openly gay or your first season of Real World, how was that for you? Did it affect your mental health any kind of way? You know, I remember that you were Real World, oh, Austin, right? Denver. Denver. With Tyree and Jen, I remember. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I think how... it was an experience for me. I was freshly out of the closet when I auditioned. I had only been out of the closet probably maybe three to four months before I, I auditioned. So it was like really fresh. Um, so I think it was a lot for me to handle at that point in my life because I was also dealing with a lot of like my own religious kind of like, you know, I came from a very Christian family and they were very, you know, being gay as a sin was what I was taught. So I think I was having to deal with that to come out to my peers and my friends and such and to my family. And then I went right onto a TV show and did that, you know, show. So it was just like a really difficult time for me uh, for for that reason, you know. I want to I say that um, 
I remember watching that season, and I actually need to go back and watch it again. Um, I was proud of you. Like, you know, like, it takes a lot of guts and balls to, you know, be open and gay and stuff like that, especially back then where it wasn't okay. Even though today society is not okay, but, you know, it's more common that people are coming out and just being open. And, like, you, I love I love you on that season. <laughs> yeah, I love you on that season and everything. And um, so at, has reality TV, like, back then has did it affect you any type of way with your mental health or everything you know coming out you know you was on a challenge you know like did it like mess with your mental health you know i'm sure it did in, in different ways and at different times of my life because it's like i'm um probably like i don't know how many years removed now but gosh i did the show in 2006 so i'm almost i yeah. guess what's that, 16 years ago so i mean yeah over the last 16 years there's been there's been times where it is um, bothered me or angered me that I did the show or there's been times where I've been happy and I've been you know appreciative that I did the show yeah. it's really just depending on the scenario you know but most of most of the time I'm I'm pretty happy that I did the show but it, like again it's it's a kind of an old experience for me now like I've moved on with my life in a lot of ways from that yeah. show and I'm more focused on my music now than yeah. that show. so you let's know. get it let's get into the music um i love it <laughs> i love it um what made you get into music you know i grew up in a very musical family um my dad played guitar a lot around me as a child and my dad's brother and my dad's father also play like multiple instruments yeah so childhood family events included people sitting down playing guitar and singing songs like around my house so i never really developed a skill in any instrument but for me it was singing that i loved yeah and i've told this story so many times but when my mom uh talks about the day i left for college she uh -huh. said singing stopped because i was just always singing in my house yeah um it was just yeah it was just like my favorite instrument as you could i guess you might call it yeah, I love your music, Cologne. Everybody follow Davis and stream his music. I don't know if you, a lot of y'all know that he has some great music out there. It's really, really good, you know. It's crazy because you're so talented, you know, and you did music and everything, you know, and I love it. Um, my next question, before I get to the next question, I want to say if anybody's out there struggling with, like, thoughts of suicide or just suicide ideation, you can always call the one um, the National Suicide Prevention Number at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Our next question is, have any thoughts of suicide ever crossed your mind, or do you know anybody? If it didn't happen to you, do you know anybody? You know, I haven't personally dealt with that issue, which is a blessing, and I'm glad I mm. have. But I think it's because I have such big life goals and dreams that have always kept really wanting to live um i have felt you know i've had friends that have committed suicide not a lot but i've got just a few and um last year i released a song called lifeline with the intention of being a lifeline for people who deal with not only suicide but drug and alcohol addictions or human trafficking yeah. and the video with those three issues and like different ways that they can help people either if they're going through them or if they suspect they see someone who's being human trafficked that was actually yeah. since this video got 
created is that a girl told me she was in Fort Lauderdale and she thought she saw someone who was human being human trafficked and she wasn't sure what to do. And I think a lot of people wouldn't know what to do if they suspect. Yeah. Um, but then it also shows people that are dealing with the depression. Um, my grandfather's a psychiatrist. And so as a child, I was being put into psychiatry and That's my good. parents divorced and they put me into counseling. And when I was dealing with my sexuality, my parents put me into counseling and I'm sober now five years and I put myself into counseling. I'm, I'm very much a proponent of talk therapy and like working yeah. out issues with a professional when you're not feeling so great, you know? So I recommend that. Yeah, um, therapy is a must. I'm in therapy now. Uh, I've been there for like two years and it is nice. a must. It's, yeah. it's, it's a nice area. It helps you realize a lot of stuff that you don't even notice there. You can, you can go there for one issue and then be in therapy working on other issues. Yeah. Which is good. Okay. And my next question for you, um, you know, as a gay man, openly gay man, right? Um, people tend to forget, you know, they they forget that, you know, openly gay people, men or women, they struggle with mental health too, you know, coming out, you know, like, how do you deal with that? What do you say to somebody that's like, wants to come out that's openly, that wants to be openly gay, but is scared of what their family or friends may think, you know, because people forget that we go through that, you know? It's, it's a struggle. Not everybody has a good coming out story. I tell people, I tell my friends that all the time. Nobody, not everybody has a, a good coming out story. Sure, sure. I mean, I feel like today's culture is so different than the culture I grew up in. And so I really don't know what it would be like for someone right now dealing with coming out because I imagine it could be quite easy for them. It could be quite normal. Um, it might be hard if they have a family member who isn't supportive, though, for example, and it yeah. might, might be difficult. So I am by no means a professional when it comes to coming out. I mean, I, I can only talk about my personal experience yeah. coming out. And I, uh, I would recommend someone, you know, maybe find a book or, you know, find, I mean, I, if we want to just talk about my personal experiences, I mean, for me, it was, I have to say, I went to Europe and I saw openly gay people walking the streets of Paris. Yeah. And that visual spawned me to come out a few months, maybe even a few weeks later, um, because I felt like in my small town in Georgia, I'd never seen that before. And yeah. it made me, if I'd grown up in France, perhaps I would have come out much earlier because I would have been seeing that as more normal. And I, where I grew up, I didn't think, think of that as normal. So that's, that was my... <laughs> Yeah, and I agree with you. Like you know, me and Davis, we're not mental health prof we're not mental health professional. We're just telling our experience. You know what we've been through. You know something that can help somebody. Um, do you have a group of friends that hold you accountable? I know everybody has it, but do you have a group of friends that's gonna be like, yeah, I mean, Davis, I, we got you. I think I've chosen friends in my life who interestingly have like either psychological careers or are just really smart and grounded people. I mean, I, I like to be around sober-minded, kind of like wise people. And I seek those types for any big questions that I don't have the answer for myself. Yeah. No? No. yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Um, like, listen, next question, like, what does stigma mean? You know, we got the stigma with men, right? Where we can't be weak, we can't 
be crying. We can't show out your emotions. And to me, I just say like F stigma. You know, I'm like, you know, my story, I was sexually abused by two of my cousins as a child and everything. So, you know, I wrote a book, released a book and talked about how I went from trauma to triumph. You know, I'm still in therapy, still struggling with some things and stuff like that. But, you know, like, what do you say to stigma? Because when I started telling my story, I was scared. You know, I was like, I feel like my story didn't matter, but more and more I kept telling it, you know, on different platforms. I feel like um, it made me feel good, you know? So what do you say about stigma that's out there? Yeah. About, yeah. Well, the word stigma, I mean, that's a tough one because it's like, well, which stigma are we addressing? There's stigmas for everything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything has a stigma in some way. Um, I think the answer is just be yourself, like be what feels good and be authentic. So... Yeah, I, I I hate that it's like, um, like recently, um, this is a little kid that died by suicide and like all this stuff I hear about people dying by suicide, you know, it like breaks my heart. But for some reason, this little boy, he was 12 year old, died by suicide. He was being bullied and it like broke my heart, man. I was like in the support group because I'm a certified support group leader for NAMI, Bus County, PA. So, you know, I lead support groups, I lead like a Black Minds Matter group, um, anxiety depression group. I'm about to lead a grief group. Um, I lead a men's group. So, you know, I was in group. I went to go visit a group and I was just like crying. I'm like, you know, kids don't deserve that and stuff like that. So like when I think of stigma, I just think of just like breaking it all, you know, <laughs> just like breaking it all and everything. Yeah. yeah. And um, tell us more about what's next with your music and everything, you know? Yeah, so... I released a song called Cologne that you've graciously sang. Uh, <laughs> I paired that with a cologne uh, bottle. I got launching my own cologne line. Uh, something cool I just acted in in the month of February. There's a, a country artist in Nashville named Jimmy Allen. Are you aware of him? No. He's a black country singer and he's got a really beautiful voice. And he wrote a song called All Tractors Aren't Green. And I'm in the music video as one of the oh. Members, it, I, I literally cried when I heard the song the first time, and it was such a beautiful honor to be a part of his gospel choir. The video just came out, I think, like a week ago, so it's available online now. You can go look up Jimmy Allen. It's the Amazon version of the video, and on yeah. choir. And um, I released a music video this week called Fire Signs because it's a zodiac-themed song. Fire Signs being one of the you know, elements, there's earth signs, water signs, air signs, and fire. And I wrote it with a girl who's an Aries zodiac sign. And we're mm -hmm. currently Aries season. So we put it out now. Um, it premiered in Hollywood Life magazine just like a week ago. And then lastly, I filmed a music video for my very first country song called Dancing Around the Fire. And the video is not out yet. But I had a lot of fun filming it. Uh, playing on a farm and riding a horse and riding a tractor, very stereotypical country things. And uh, it's coming out soon. So I'm definitely going to make sure you, Jimmy Allen, I'm definitely going to check that out, check that video out, and we yeah. shall support and post and everything about it. Um, yeah. When your video comes, I'm definitely going to support, you know. I, the crazy thing is, like, when I hit you up the first, I didn't even know you did music and stuff like that. Because I've just been watching, like, you know, like, the new season, I was like going back to the, like the old seasons of like the, you know the people that used to be on the show, and I was like, oh, what are Dave was doing? I just found your page. I was like, oh, he does music. You know the song that you did for DM. Talk about that. That was so yeah. beautiful. That was I so mean, beautiful. 
song I wrote for Dan Brown was truly the first original song I'd ever put on Spotify. Um, I'd been writing music before then, but hadn't felt confident about any of my music to put it out. And she passed away and I was in a songwriting session the same day. And my songwriter, you know, were like, what do you want to write about Davis? And I was like, well, I'd like to write a song for DM. And they were like, well, do you, what's your idea? And I was like, well, I have this, this little idea that's like beautiful girls aren't supposed to die young. And we wrote a song really talking about her life, how she should be up on the big screen TV, um, you know, and, you know, uh, flipping her hair in the sand in the Florida where she's from Florida. Um, well, she actually and I are both from Georgia, but she went to college in Florida and I went to college. In Florida. And, oh, wow. and so, yeah, that was my very first official, like, original song. And um, it's sad, but it's also like beautiful and it's a nice reminder of of my friendship with her, uh, so. It was a beautiful song, I just let you know. But you said it to me, I was like, oh, I gotta listen to it, it was very beautiful. Yeah, thank you. No problem, no problem. And let's get off these mental health questions because we got a couple minutes left. But, um, you know, they have a challenge, All Stars. Yeah. Would you ever go on it? Did you get a call back or anything? You Did know, you get a call? time I would have said no because I was kind of just done with that yeah. job life. But to be honest, today okay. I'm yes. Only because this coronavirus pandemic, I actually also became kind of a fan again of the challenge. Yeah. Binge watched like so many seasons and really kind of wished I was on a few of the ones that I really liked watching. Which was, which ones is them? Do you know which ones it is? You know that they had like a trilogy, they called it, and I really can't remember the names of any of them right now. It was, a, was it World of Worlds or... Perhaps I think it was the three that preceded World of Wars, like the ones that came right before it, like maybe oh, Final like Dirty, Vengeance. Dirty, Invasion, yeah, yeah, Invasion like, of the Champs and everything. I just thought that was like a cool concept, and I, I really liked the cast. There's a lot of cast members like Karen Maria. I would love to get to know her. I did a challenge with her and, and didn't speak with her because I was gone on the first week, so I never got to become friends with her. Yeah. But I think she's a super person. I also like Zach Nichols from the San Diego season. Uh, I'm yeah. But I think he's super cool and I would have loved to be friends with him as well. Yeah. Um, I've gotten like, really obsessed with a lot of different people from the different challenges that I've watched as a alum and I've like hit them up on um, Instagram and be like, I, you know, we, we don't know each other, but I think you're cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you, I think you, I, I, they could do whatever all-stars. I think you, if they call you, you should definitely go on there. You are definitely an all-star, you know? You're from Real World season. You know, back in the day where they said that you had to be on Real World <laughs> or Real Rules to get on the challenge and everything, you know? Now it's different, whereas though it's like, you'd be on Big Brother, any other shows to get on the season and everything. So I definitely think you should go in there. And it's good that you watch, you watch, I don't know if you cut because like some seasons I had to watch over because I was like, I stopped watching. Yeah, I stopped watching. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was kinda like done with the whole experience just because yeah. I the mystery was gone and I knew how they made the shows yeah. and I wasn't interested anymore. But it took me like a long time to finally become reinterested and I really yeah. fell in so many seasons and cast members and I really think it's a cool show again. Yeah. I talked to um I did an Instagram live recently with Dot Derek Chavez. Okay, I've met him. Yeah, I had a conversation with, about him. You know, he um, lost his sister. Um, his sister died by suicide. But we had a conversation. I said, I said, I, it gets me mad that 
like just watching old shows, like you know, like cutthroat and just watching stuff from back, you know, that y'all been on. It just made like when y'all on there or like All Stars season two, like they always pick the gay people off first. Like yeah. that makes I me mad. Find them to be less competition. They're almost like yeah. not physically fit or muscular yeah. or bigger mass. Yeah. A lot of times their bets are right because they do pick off people that they can beat. I don't really yeah. know. It's like a homophobic situation. I think it's just like the scrawny ones. <laughs> yeah, it's like people like I don't know if you watched recently. Like my my friend Paulie, um, he him and Coward together. Like he like I like his gameplay because he, like he doesn't pick like he pick people that the vets like people that your faves that you want to get out. He'll put them out to get them out and everything. Yeah, and he's not yeah. a really himself. He's kind of smaller from what I can tell. But yeah. He, really go far on this show. So he's a testament that size doesn't really limit your ability yeah. to like go very far on this. Yeah. Well, I hope to see you on there. If they call you Davis, I hope you go on there because you still Thank have fans, you know, that want you on there. Um, you are you are OG. <laughs> you, you're all-star, you know? And it's, <laughs> it's people that's on there that I saw there. I'm like, they're not all-stars. Where's Davis or where's this person that, you know, but you know. But I want to thank you for coming on here, Davis, and yeah. just talking mental health and talking about your music. Um, do you want to, like, before we go, do you want to tell everybody, everybody can, where your music is at, you know, what's, you know, what's next for you? I'm up on Spotify. Davis Mallory is my name. I just wrote a song last Friday called Fire Science, and I've got a few more coming out in the next few weeks with different DJs. I'm like a feature, I'm a featured singer for DJs, as well as yeah. I put out myself. I was actually just in Sweden writing new music that I think I'll probably release by myself. And I, I really love it. So be on the lookout for some new stuff. It's booked and busy, man. Everybody follow Davis on here. His music is everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, um, yeah. just everywhere, man. It's good. Thank you for coming, Davis. You have Thanks. a great night. All right. All right. Bye, y'all.